The Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you may be listening to this episode. And may your vibe be cruising at an altitude that is so sexy cool. So today, I want to get into emotions, okay? And what I mean by that is there are times when we may be saying something to somebody and we've always had that moment where we're like, but that's not what I meant to say, right? I mean, I know I've had that happen to me lots of times, all right? So I want to kind of get into that. Because I think if we really are honest with ourselves and we look at things from a different perspective, we'll see that we probably do that more often than we really think. Okay. So I'm really excited about the guest that I have on today. He is someone that's going to really help us understand what's called emotional vocabulary. All right. Yeah. Check that out. So my guest today is a transformational coach. He's a motivational speaker, and he's the creator and host of the Patterns of Possibility podcast. Y'all need to go check that out, right? He also helps people take harmful patterns and turn them into new possibilities, right? Which is why it's called Patterns of Possibilities, right? His mission is to help people as possible to discover the easiest way to connect, care, and communicate with each other, right? So he's really doing some positive things, putting some positive energy out there, and we can all learn from that by the end of this episode. So please give a warm ear to Mr. Lee Hopkins into the Sexy Cool Lounge. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate that introduction. Very sexy, cool introduction. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we do it over here, man. That's how we do it over here. How are you today, brother? I'm doing good. It's a really nice day today. Good to be here. Good deal. Listen, before we get started, there's a question that I always ask all of my guests, okay? And I need to ask you the same thing. So the question is, what does sexy cool mean to you? Wow. Sexy cool is very laid back, just as it is. And like you said, it's a it's a feeling of just being in your own self as your own self. Like, doesn't matter what other people are thinking. It's just about how much you enjoy whatever you are about yourself, you know? Hey, everybody has their own way of thinking about it. Everybody has their own perspective on it. So however you see it is unique and authentic to you. And Mm -hmm. really at the end of the day, that's what matters because that's what sexy cool is all about. It's about owning your authenticity, your uniqueness, your genuine way of vibrating your vibe and your frequency. So I appreciate you giving us your perspective on that. And let's now get to the meat of the episode. So I wanted you to come on today because I really think you have the most elite perspective on what I want to talk about today. And and I want to kind of get into emotional vocabulary. And I need you to help me and help my listeners understand what is emotional vocabulary 
And how is it that we use it, whether we know we use it or we don't know that we use it in everyday lives as we communicate with others? All right. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, emotional vocabulary, it shows up in everything. Well, it could show up in everything. Sometimes we're not using it a whole lot. So what is emotional vocabulary? It is the words that you use to describe your feelings, how they feel. And they can vary in degrees. The the vocabulary is important because it shows the intensity of how you are feeling this emotion. So it's important to be able to understand, like it's relating whatever you're feeling into words. So the other person, whoever you're talking to can understand exactly how you feel about that, can really relate, can connect, can kind of put themselves in your shoes. So the better your emotional vocabulary is, and you can use it to explain how you feel a little easier or more precisely to another person and the better they will understand you in your situation. Can you, can you tell me more about that? You know, give me some examples that maybe people don't really realize how they're using emotional vocabulary in a positive way, as well as in a negative way. So if someone was using emotional vocabulary in a positive way, it may sound like what? Yes. Okay. I got you. So in a more precise way, I would, I like to say like in a positive way, if you're explaining your emotions, like I'm, I'm angry because I, um, I felt like you wronged me. That kind of gets you an understanding of what, what they're feeling. You kind of portray it, but if you would take that word anger or angry and maybe feel, say something with a little more preciseness, like I feel betrayed because you wronged me. That has a completely different feeling to what is happening in the situation. It's more precise of why, why you're upset. So you're angry. Yes. But another level to it, to be able to connect with the person you're talking to a little more so they can understand you a little more. They can put themselves in your shoes so that you can resolve the issue of whatever the issue might be in this situation. The important thing when you're communicating with each other, the whole purpose of communicating is to help people understand what you feel or tell people what you're thinking or feeling, what your actions are, what you're going to do. And, and the emotion is the key to it, explaining exactly what that is. So that would be a really great way to use emotional vocabulary. So I kind of wanted to say that uh, the anger emotion just it's flat, but it is useful. It's it's good that it's there. It's fine that it's there. But a, an episode or, or an instance of something that we bad is just not using any kind of emotion. Like you could be you could really easily just say, I don't like you. And that is the, the void of any kind of emotion, but it kind of puts over the same kind of thing. If you have this kind of energy towards someone, if you're angry towards them, you don't tell them that you're angry. You're just like, I don't like you. And they still have to do some more detective work. They can probably look at your face and maybe feel your vibes coming off of you. But if you said, I'm angry at you. All right. I know a little more, a little more. Or if you say, I'm, I feel betrayed by you, then you know a lot more. You're able to communicate a lot more. So that's what emotional vocabulary does. It really helps you get in touch with the other person, have them understand exactly what you're thinking and feeling. 
do you find that sometimes people have a challenge with communicating with other people for various reasons? And sometimes this might be why they're not like in tune with emotional vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. The emotional vocabulary is going to help you make a better connection. So if you don't have the words, the next kind of of communication we have is physical. So we talk first. And if we we can't be heard, we can't be understood and we're heard, we kind of move our hands around. Like, can you, can you understand what I'm saying? And make wave your hand like I'm showing a little uh, of uh, frustration. And then, well, if you can't still trying to talk and wave your hands, this is where you start pushing or this is where you start taking it to a different level with communication. So in what avoid conflict, if you had the vocabulary, the emotional vocabulary to allow someone to understand how you're feeling, you put that out there. If you can put your feelings into words and people can receive them and they'll be more likely to move in the way that you request if you're, if you're, um, if you're asking them to do something. So um, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's really yeah. helped us like move forward with understanding what emotional vocabulary is. So then I, I want to kind of go into once we've learned what emotional vocabulary is, how does someone like learn these words? I mean, you just don't wake up mm-hmm. one morning and say, okay, here are the words that I need to use to have a better communication with someone because these will help me describe truly how I feel. So one, mm-hmm. I guess part of my question is how do we learn these words, but then how do we become aware of the fact that either we are using these words effectively or that we're not using the words we need to use, i.e. as in emotional vocabulary to better express how we feel so someone can understand what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say if you've, it's really difficult to, to, to just have vocabulary come out of nowhere. It, it requires a lot of uh, introspection and a bit of time. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But as far as not being recognizing that you have uh, a little vocabulary, just not too much emotional vocabulary, recognizing that would be if you were trying to explain yourself to someone and they would ask you why often or really and be kind of confused. Like if you brought your emotion out there, if you brought a complaint, let's say, it's just really easy to point out these the these kind of emotions like uh, the quote negative ones or the ones that might drain you. So if you had a complaint and you were trying to share that with someone and they could not understand, just like, I don't, I don't understand why you're upset. What's the, what's the deal? What's the issue? And if you can't explain that to them, then you're probably lacking a bit of emotional vocabulary. At the very least, they should understand that you dislike the situation. It'd be better if you understood how, they understood how angry or how dissatisfied you were about the situation. So you were going to say something. No, no, no. Go oh, ahead. My, I'm I'm ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
um, one way to recognize that too is like, I know that um, many people who don't have a large emotional vocabulary, they may only be able to identify a few emotions, happy, sad, mad, glad. And that's pretty much the rest of it, or that's pretty much what they usually use. So if you can't find that you can, you can name more than those emotions, then it seems like there'd be a little bit of work to do because those are four different emotions. Absolutely. But they all have different degrees to them as well. So we've got anger is just so easy to point out. It's right. angry. And then there's, there's rage. It's completely different things. They are on the same spectrum, but they're completely different. If you're in rage, man, you're a lot more than you're angry. And if you're annoyed, well, you're a little less than angry. And it's really important to be able to, to explain exactly what those are. And I'm going to go back to real quick, take a step back and talk about the beat. So this is a thing that I use to, with my emotions, it's called uh, the beat because it's your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts. And that is the essence of your character, essentially. So your beliefs will control your emotions and your emotions will control your actions and your actions they revolve with your thoughts. So your thoughts are usually something like, how will you, how will you benefit from this? This we always do something that'll benefit, we will, that it will benefit us. So your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts right there with your emotion, your emotion is going to generate your action. So now you, you say I'm enraged. Well, you're likely going to do something that fits that emotion. You're likely maybe flip a table, let's say flip a table, right. knock over some chairs. That's the thing you're going to do. If you're angry, you might maybe slam your hands on the table and then you walk away. That's what you'll do. If you're just angry and you're, the response may be appropriate. If you're annoyed, maybe you just might little, maybe say something really under your breath. You might do something like that. The importance of recognizing this emotion is so that the action that you do afterward does is appropriate. So if you're annoyed by something, you're not flipping a table. Well, I mean, widely that response from many other people would be would say, well, it looks like you're enraged. It doesn't look like you are annoyed. If that's your annoyed level, I'd like to see what your enraged level is like. You know, we want to put those in check and see exactly how we feel. So if we're looking at everyone's definition, other people's definition of annoyed, that the fact that you flipped over a table is it shows something else completely different. So you're saying to other people that you're enraged, but they won't be able to understand you. They won't be able to understand, or you're saying to people that you're annoyed, but you did something that was that was on a different level right. with, their, with them. So it's important to recognize um, the different kinds of e the different degrees of emotion and be able to kind of appropriately get on the universal definition of it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. So how can we uh, work with resources to develop that type of environment that one, we're aware of it, but at the same time, we're continuously improving on not only the vocabulary, but the different levels within the certain words of the vocabulary. I guess where I'm going with this mm -hmm. is that I, I want to be able to help my listeners and myself for that matter, 
uh, go from not only just being aware, okay, emotional vocabulary. All right, here are some words within that. Now, how do I take that and go to the next step so that I can become better in communicating my feelings and thoughts related to how I feel to someone else so that they can understand where I'm coming from? Yes, fantastic. Because that's exactly what we want to do with these with these words. So I would recommend starting at uh, there's something called Plutchik's Wheel of Emotions. So Robert Plutchik is a motivational psychologist who coined this term. The, he researched emotions. And this is what most of my things are based off my ideas is that um is a wheel of emotions that he has. There are eight different basic emotions and it'll give you the wheel of emotions shows you each of those eight emotions along with one degree below. So let's say you're angry, annoyed would be the degree below and the one degree above it'd be enraged. So you see that there are, um, there are three different kinds. It's like low, medium, high for the emotions. So there's eight emotions. There's a low, medium, high for each one. Right. So you can see that in the circle. It's really a great tool to use. And you can also see that um, oh, there are combinations of emotions. So like anger and sadness would be remorse together. Okay. So th- it shows you those as well. So you'll see 24, 32 different emotions. So that's a great place to start. And when you're looking at things, when you're thinking about how you feel in situations, take a look at that chart and just see, well, which, which am I? What am I feeling right now? And kind of, that's what I mean about the introspection. You have to kind of look and feel like, is it really sadness or is it really deep sadness or is it something else, but it'll really help you get a, um, a, a feel for what those words are. And there are some out there that actually have pictures of people doing the action or feeling the emotion on it. So I think that's pretty helpful as well. So you'll see somebody who feels pensive, didn't know what that word meant, but pensive. And you can see a person doing that and you can see that it's on the, the lane of uh, sadness, I believe. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I do. Well, that is a wealth of knowledge on emotional vocabulary. And I hope that we're able to take that and move forward. And some of my listeners will uh, take your recommendation and go look for that resource. Go ahead. Yeah. I do have another resource and I just want to share this one. This might sure, be, please do. Yeah. This, this one might be uh, a bit more helpful because it is interactive. So there's something called the Atlas of Emotions. And then the Atlas of Emotions, they have uh, anger, fear, disgust, sadness, and enjoyment. And it tells you, it kind of tells you exactly what your action is likely to be in the situation because beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts. So your your emotion and your action are always together. So this page will show you what you are doing. So let's say this is an example that I have up here. A friend gets angry with you. That's the that's the the situation. Okay. You feel anger in that situation, then you might be likely to argue. So, if a friend gets angry with you and you feel fear, then 
you are likely to imagine them leaving because you want the situation to go away. One more. If a friend gets angry with you and you feel disgust, then you are likely to belittle them. You see how that yeah. is. If you don't yeah. like it, you're likely to belittle them. And so if you're angry and you, you belittle them, well, there's a little bit of disgust in there too. And it's important to be able to notice, notice that right. that's happening. And that really gets you in touch with explaining how you feel and noticing how you feel. So this tool is a great tool to help you understand that. And it also has different degrees of emotion for each one. So you can see how you might feel and how you might behave. So you can figure those two out. Okay. So can people who are listening to this episode right now, can they find that resource through your website? Is that a, is there a link to that through your website? You know, I'm going to put one there. Something that awesome. I always wanted to do. Hey, yes. hey sexy cool house <laughs> listeners. All you need to do is go to Lee Hopkins website to find that resource and let's start improving on our awareness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Lee on that one. So I want to kind of switch gears for a moment and in, in staying in tune with the emotional vocabulary and growing with that and growing through our awareness, uh, I wanted to ask you if you could just speak on striving for continuous improvement rather than perfection. Because I think as we grow with our emotional vocabulary and we want to do better and we want to to be in a different place than where we already are today, there is a difference between continuous improvement of getting better and saying, I'm going to strive for perfection. So I thought you would be like the really good resource to help us define which, which, what either one of those means, but at the same time, understanding the difference in why you want to maybe focus energy in one direction versus the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfection and continuous improvement. Uh, perfection is just really an impossible goal. It's impossible because that would just mean everything is right by your standard, which is a not subjective stand. I mean, it's a subjective standard. It's not, it's not objective. So you could look at this thing and it could be as perfect and as scientifically found that you say perfect by some scientific standards, but you could still look at it and think that, well, this isn't, this isn't perfect. Something else is wrong with it. And I think that it's the idea of reaching, trying to reach for perfection or the idea of saying that you want to strive for perfection just means you'll, you never get it right. And when I hear someone say they strive for perfection, it seems like they are afraid. I want to say it's afraid, not afraid of failing, but afraid of succeeding because you're, setting, you're not setting yourself up for success if you're striving for perfection. You are bound to reach something that impresses the heck out of everybody else around you. But when you look at it, you think, well, that's not perfect. And you can't enjoy the fact that you've done this, right. that's this amazing thing. So that's one thing I think is harmful to, to strive for perfection. But also 
it is very fulfilling to strive for continuous improvement because we as humans, we're always looking to learn something new. That's what keeps us stimulated. That's what keeps people living and going on because they, every day they're learning something new. They're picking up some, something interesting about their environments, about who they are. Those are the things that we crave most. And when we strive for continuous improvement in anything that we do, anything that we do, we give ourselves a boost to go along. Like, I think we, um, I don't know if you've like uh, seen people who are like in their nineties and they're just yeah, like going yeah. out. Yeah. They're going they're out. They're still doing a, things as they yeah. kind of move along in their journey in life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like with the continuous improvement, you give yourself the flexibility to have moments where you might have to take a step back, but that's mm-hmm. okay because that's just part of the journey of the continuous improvement style versus when it comes to perfection, everything has to be in its place at the right time for the right reasons. And if it's not done that way, then there's a problem. Yes. It sounds like from what you're saying that if you continuously put the energy into the the perfection style, you are truly setting yourself up and it's inevitable that at some point there's going to be that derail of some sort for whatever reason. And because of that, now you've got negative energy that comes in because you didn't give yourself room to be flexible Mm -hmm. in your process of continuous improvement. Am am I hearing that right from you? Exactly. Exactly. Continuous improvement. There's no going backwards. You're always learning something, whether if you, if you mess up, you learned a lesson and you continuously, you know, well, that's not what I'm doing this time. So the next time you go, you learned what not to do. It's continuous. It always moves you forward. Good deal. Well, listen, I do appreciate you being in the sexy cool lounge with me today and sharing your perspective on these two topics. And I hope that the people that listen to this episode uh, can actually walk away with something so much more valuable than prior to listening to this episode. So uh, as we get ready to kind of end it out, uh, tell everybody where we can find you, uh, where can we follow you? If someone wants to reach out to you personally, how can that happen uh, so that they can continue with their journey with what it is that you do as a transformational coach, as a motivational speaker, and as the host of the Patterns of Possibility podcast? So please let us know how we can support you and follow you on, on all of the platforms, brother. Oh, yeah, definitely. I thank you. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram, Patterns of Possibility, and I'm on YouTube as well. So those are the two platforms I'm mostly on. Also, wait, LinkedIn. Does people use LinkedIn? Well, I do. So you can find me at Patterns of Possibility on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm also on Clubhouse, if you're familiar with that. So I have a room okay. that I host on um, Mondays, Monday afternoons. Monday at noon, we talk about just uh, childhood memories, childhood history and stuff like that. And tracing back our emotions with those. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, Uh, Website, email address or anything like that? Yeah. You can find me at patternsofpossibility.com. You can email me at patternsofpossibility at gmail.com. And of course, check out my 
um, podcasts. New episodes are on Tuesdays and Fridays. And where can we find the podcast? Is that on Apple, Spotify? Where is it? Apple, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all over. You can find it just about anywhere you can find any podcast. Awesome, brother. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming through the Sexy Cool Lounge. And ladies and gentlemen, please, let's go support Mr. Lee Hopkins on all of his platforms. He's doing some really good things, bringing some positive energy into this universe. And he is definitely helping people get better with communication. And Lord knows we need it in this world today. Right. So, Mr. Lee Hopkins, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Absolutely. And to all of my listeners, stay positive and be humble. And just always remember, love yourself enough to radiate your vibe. And even though we may not have as much as others, we have more than others. So continue to put good vibes into this universe so we can always get good vibes back. I'll see you guys on the next episode. 